Hello and welcome, heroes, to the Crit Academy. I am your host, Justin. I'm your co-host, Austin. And I'm your co-host, Ian. This podcast was created to provide you, our heroes, with new and reusable material for both players and DMs. We hope to inspire you with creative content that you can bring with you on your next adventure. Our show may not be suitable for young children, but neither is our D&D games, and we are okay with that. I'm okay mm-hmm. with that. Yeah, me too. We had some kids <laughs> adults over. Here. We had some, well, we had some kids over playing yesterday, and I wasn't... Uh, okay, maybe not that. I could have been a little better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We got a really great episode for you guys today. We're going to be talking about armaments of legacy, weapons that evolve with your characters that are all based on some of the ma- most popular magic items in the Dungeon Master Guide. Very yeah. Fable 3-esque. Yeah, yeah, I like that's that a really lot. good. See, I liked Fable 3. Okay, I loved the He's idea. He's the only one. I, I liked the concept of Fable 3. The execution of Fable 3 was a travesty. <laughs> Say what you will about, about Fable 3. John Cleese played the butler. This is true. And that was a victory. Yeah. That was a victory. Small uh, victory, but it's a victory. Yes, you do. Do I? If you, if you ever watch Monty Python, you know who John Cleese is. If you watched The Holy Grail alone, he was Lancelot, he was Tim, he was mm-hmm. one of the villagers. I can go on. Okay. He's a lot of people. Yep. Yeah. He's is... the Black Knight. <laughs> he was the French Mandel's taunting <laughs> King Arthur. Ah! <laughs> you definitely uh, help explain that. So yeah, we're really excited to talk about uh, weapon uh, armaments of legacy uh, made by one of the guild, uh, the DM's Guild adepts, which are some of the best writers on the DMs Guild, so I'm really excited for that. It was a nice looking document. Um, I do want to talk quickly about our Kickstarter. As of the release of this, uh, as of this recording, we are at 95%. Funded. Yeah, we're like right there at the yeah. edge. I think we got 11 days to go, so if you're listening to this live, unfortunately you've got one day left to become a backer, um, so please consider uh, checking that out and maybe uh, picking up... Uh, some of the free content we have there, or just sharing mm-hmm. with your friends on social media. As of uh, right now, as I pull up our page, we're at $14,441 of our 15K goal. With nice. 11 days to go. Very, yeah. very close. And this is me saying this live. So, yeah. so that's exciting. So um, I want to thank everyone who has supported us. Um, this is one of the biggest projects we've done, and it was so if big that we couldn't uh, fund biggest, it ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not the biggest. I mean, I'll admit, though, I did ship in 40 bucks, but that's because I want the hard copy. Yeah. <laughs> we don't get it free. We still have to pay for yeah. it. Well, I guess technically we can get the PDF free, but... Yeah. Um, anyways, we're so we're really excited for that, so thank everyone, and thank you all who have supported it. Um, so, yeah, if you're interested in uh, doing that, head on over to CritAcademy.com and click on the Kickstarter button there. Yeah. Crick Nation, uh, thank you for joining us today here at Crit Academy Studios, where everything's made up and your roles don't matter. Yep, that's right. Your roles are like an artifact without a legacy. Those are nice. Yeah, because, I mean... Does it is... really make it an artifact, then? If it doesn't have a legacy behind well, it? Well, you can have a super powerful item, but if you don't know where it came from, it kind of loses its pizzazz. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's like the Green Lantern Ring. Oh, this is cool, without really knowing the whole story behind it and what makes it phenomenal. Yeah. I guess that's a good point. Yeah. That could just be my opinion, but I think yeah. I think so. No, I mean, it makes sense. Fair enough. <laughs> um, all right, so we always start off our show with our Let's Talk About Blank segment. It kind of bounces around, but there's something really particular I want to talk about. Anybody that's been listening to the show or has follows us on Twitter or Facebook mm-hmm, knows mm-hmm. that I have <clears throat> an obsession with Baldur's Gate 3. That's playing it mildly. 
I'm pretty sure yeah, we won't see you for a month wrong. when it comes out. No, unfortunately, I have responsibilities, so you might see me. I'll just be we'll a shadow. We'll see you, yeah. <laughs> we'll see you at like once a week uh, and just be like, guys. And he's like, like oh, why are you... Lost 50 pounds because I'm just running everywhere. Why is your voice raspy? <laughs> it's kind of like how I intended to disappear for about a week or two when Cyberpunk 2077 comes out, but they but unfortunately it... moved to a month where I can't take days off. Oh, that, we're going to hear all about that when it comes out. It's like, I got the game. We're, the show is running. It's more than an hour. Shut up, Justin. End the show <laughs> so I can go play Cyberpunk. <laughs> I need this. <laughs> all right, so... um. Baldur's Gate 3 had a huge announcement. Yes, yes, yes. Um, They are doing early access on September 30th through um, Steam Store and all their other platforms Mm. and all that jazz. But that's actually not the big thing I want to talk about. Yeah, we saw something amazing. They they showed... Like a gameplay trailer, I guess. Yes, so one of the coolest things about the way Larian develops their games, apparently, or at least Baldur's Gate... Is the assets assets become so interactable that they can build stuff on the fly? Mm-hmm. So they showed a trailer that uh, a trailer that didn't exist just weeks ago. It was something that hey, this would be cool if the players could interact with it. What should we do? Well, the thing that they wanted to interact with was an intellect devourer. Really cool. So they put together this awesome scene of the character walking into a room inside of the Nautiloid with a guy laying on top of a bench with his head cracked open with the brain exposed. It was pretty brutal looking. <laughs> and the damn thing started talking. Hi, my name is Bob. Well, except it it sounded like something I would expect from like Venom. It mm. was we. It was us. Please free us. It sounded like a child. Yeah, it, it was, was so disturbing. Weird. It was but, real weird. <laughs> and it, it just reminded me, A, how wrong I'm playing Intellect of Ours. Because that was, by putting a child's voice to that, you make that so much creepier. Um, and by begging and pleading, it's even worse. <laughs> like, yeah. So I was super impressed with that. It was also really weird when it started growing out its fucking tendrils and its oh, arms yeah, just and like, legs. <laughs> and I was just like, I'm not a fan. I want to kill it. <laughs> kill it with fire. I'm, I'm going to burn it. I'm going to throw a Molotov at it. We don't have Molotovs. We do now. Where's that moonshine? <laughs> <laughs> we'll make them. The dwarf. My beer! <laughs> <laughs> What's, uh, what makes this really cool, though, is... This shows just how much story focus they're putting in on this game. It's very cool looking. And honestly, I've, I've said it before, I'm not generally one who has time to sit and read all the books to learn all the lore, but what I can do is absorb that lore through playing a video game mm-hmm. that is based on the 5th edition rule set, um, which is super exciting because then I get to play as a player, I get a story told it's to me. It's a pretty big one. And... I- yeah, I mean, let's face it. I would like to learn more about lots of things, not just in D and D, but other media in general. Like, mm-hmm. I never played Warhammer 40k, but the lore is always something awesome. So I've been watching the lore videos, and I've done the same thing for D and D and Forgotten mm-hmm. Realms in the past too. And I found that to be a nice tool to have to look on Google and stuff. Yeah. Absolutely, it's also good for uh, inspiration for your own stories and campaigns, mm-hmm. even if you're not running a Forgotten Realms game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm really excited for this. If you haven't seen the video, you can check it out at CritAcademy.com. There's a link there in the blog on. Uh, sla- uh, slash post slash episode one eighty four or right there on the main page as of this recording. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I'm really excited for this. I can't wait to see how it all goes. If I can, I'm gonna try to get some time off, and I will be streaming the hell out of that. Um. So hopefully you guys will come and join me on Twitch or Facebook or YouTube or wherever the hell I end up streaming it. Um, yeah. So keep an eye out for that. 
Uh, oh, and it, it's supposed to apparently have some sort of multiplayer too. So I did not know that. That's cool. Be cool. So and I believe uh, some of the other games that Larian have made has had multiplayer, even though they haven't heavily ever had a single player game. Right. So hmm. yeah. weird. So that's actually not too far removed. Yeah. That that uh, like I said, if you can, if they let they give the DM power to make adventures and stories and stuff, um, and then you can have you and your friends go through this adventure together. I think that would be really fun. And would be, be a, cool. especially in the social distancing era, I think something like that would be really, really cool. So. Absolutely. All right. I think that'll do it for our Let's Talk About Blank. Nothing too in-depth. I just wanted to make sure that that was out there. Yeah. So. Some, mm-hmm. obviously, some still related pretty heavily to like what yeah. D&D is. Yeah. So, yeah. That's how I roll. Yeah. <laughs> that'll do it for our Let's Talk About Blank segment. Before we move on to our main topic, we have another gift to give away. Compliments of Lorsmith. Yeah, the modular dungeon tiles, specifically, though, the Arcania set. So the modular dungeon tiles, if you don't already know, are an easy way to create your own beautiful digital maps. Uh, the Arcania set lets you make dark, shadowy dungeon maps rich with the fumes of arcane secrets. Uh, in one hallway, you're probably going to find that Intellect Devourer, and in another hallway, you're probably going to find another. It's not good. Lo- it's not looking good for your players. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, can I just say kudos to you always being able to really tie that in? It's I like try to. You succeed, man. Try to. Every, some, sometimes I lose, but... Uh, yeah, I think uh, you get it most of the time. Yeah. Our winner today is Michael Holland 54 <laughs> If you didn't win, have no fear, because we're Crit Academy and we're here. Like Superman descending from the heavens, we come bearing gifts. Head on over to CritAcademy.com slash Lorsmith and get a free set of digital terrain and some one-shots and some other fat loots. Also, if you, you want to toss a few bucks to, to Lorsmith, I cannot recommend the Remarkable Shops in Remarkable Inn's book enough. Mm-hmm. So, most re- amazing system agnostic content ever. So, yeah. That being said, on to our main topic, armaments of legacy. Legacy items are extraordinary magical armaments whose powers evolve and develop along with the user. Very similar to Fable 3. <laughs> yes. Um, and if you recall, we actually discussed uh, a similar item called Ancestral Weapons. Ancestral Weapons, yeah. yeah now, that was that. different in the fact that the players had to pick and choose all these different features and stuff. This one's yeah. a little more standardized. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So you as the DM know exactly what you're getting when you toss it into your game, which is yeah. a safer route, I think. I mean, I, I think, think some people kind of hate that because they want to feel, feel more natural, but I do believe there's something to be about player choice and yeah. getting what they want. So Yeah, uh, well, pick a legacy weapon you want then. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not saying this is bad. I'm just saying. I know. <laughs> and, and, and that's that's where you're going to – because I do – when I, after we recorded the episode on Ancestral Weapons, it did occur to me that an inexperienced DM might struggle with somebody coming up with a particular combination. And they're just like, well, that sucks. That's way – that's – oh, crap. <laughs> Versus if you know exactly what they're going to get with a magic item, then maybe this is the big thing that you want to, like, talk to them in advance about. Uh, absolutely. Well, yeah. I mean, for – you should always have, like, a session zero about right. this kind of stuff. Anyway, like, what supplements do you want to yeah. use? Uh-huh. Right. But – so some of the uh, some of these weapons are crafted by master artificers, while others bear unknown origin. Their true history shrouded in myth and legend. And if you have a lore player, this is really cool because part of those mm-hmm. they might take an an, an, uh, an interest in it and want to seek out legends of this and more details on this this, this weapon. Stick it in the item. temple. 
They'll try and find it. <laughs> right. Uh, they can be passed down through heritage as, or reward, uh, gained through victory over a dangerous four, or simply appear at the right place at the right time when fate deems it so. Similar. It's like a, it's like a solar just comes down. He's like, hey, heard my god said you needed help, but I'm not going to help you. Uh, but just pulls out this big sword. This might help. Didn't that happen in, uh... See you later! <laughs> just... <laughs> the new, uh, Clash of the Titans. Didn't Zeus just show up and say, here you go, I can't help you directly, but I will give you a weapon that gives you an advantage over everybody else. Which is really me helping directly, just so you know. <laughs> but I'm just dropping this in this particular area. <laughs> Wink. <happen> to be. <laughs> <laughs> that actually also makes me think of the Knights of the Cross from the Harry Justin file series. Like... It's really like three knights at any given time, and each, and each one has a sword that is made from one of the nails with the cross. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's badass, actually. <laughs> and one character in particular is kind of hilarious, because, like, I saw him one of the three knights, because he's always saying, I'm an atheist. Didn't you have a holy sword given to you from the nails of the cross by Michael the Archangel? Okay, I'm agnostic. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> that's funny. He's like, okay, you know, you... <laughs> He twisted my arm a little bit, okay? (laughs) You might have some good points. (laughs) Similar to any magic item, how they are introduced and used in the game really depends on your campaign world and your play style. Oh, absolutely. And that's, I mean, whether it's the hammer of Thor crashing to Earth because it happened to land near you, but it really was thrown out by Odin because he cast out Thor out of his time. Because, you know, when he threw the hammer, it landed on Earth, right? Yeah. So... Who's to say that that random shit doesn't happen and that deity comes looking for his shit later? Yeah, it's like, whole campaign session later, Thor comes back, he's like, is... few questions. One, you're wielding my hammer. Uh, (laughs) That's my question? That's a statement? (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, (laughs) He threw you off with that. (laughs) Uh, Second, uh, how'd you get that? I found it. Ah. You know what? Keep it. I'm going. I'll get a new one. I'll get a bigger one. I'll get a bigger He'll one. Come back with the big it's one. Like a the big mall. Was it Stormbreaker that he had? <laughs> and uh, him and uh, Captain America, yeah. he's, they end up switching weapons. He's like, wait, no, 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 you get the little one. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, each legacy item has a list of special features that increase the effectiveness depending on the power grade, which is basically determined by the tier that the characters are in. Mm, yep. um, which I think is a great way to do it. It's easy it's to solid, scale, yeah. and the players know exactly when they're going to get their upgrades, just like for feats or magic or special magical features and stuff like that. So I thought that was a really uh, pretty cool way to do yeah. it. Yeah, pretty plug and play kind of way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I do want to talk about before we get into the few I- items that we've chosen. Sure. Um, this I want to give credits to designer Rich uh, Lesko Flair. I'm sure I messed that up, but. Um, he is the designer of this, and I want to say that the cover artist, Krzysztof Grabalski, um, did a phenomenal job, because I love this yeah, this female good. dark knight elf thing sitting on a throne with this massive, you know, blade that clearly is a uh, legacy weapon, um, and it just, it looks badass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It looks really good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, nice job. Team. Good on you. <laughs> so there's a lot of different uh, weapons and, and stuff in here. Um, we're not going to cover them all because, you know, it's A, I don't have the time, and B, 
if we just give them to y'all, we're just giving away free products that aren't ours. So and we don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah. right. So we each have picked a, uh, an item or two that we're going to discuss that we think is interesting. Maybe we'll talk about some of the other ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first thing I want to focus on, and I've made a, a, a point about this before, is that there isn't in fourth edition there was a lot of magical focuses. There's a lot of things on fourth edition. And they're foci. Is it foci or focuses? Foci. It depends on who you talk to. Anyways, um, in this one, uh, they actually, uh, they've actually kind of brought that idea back. So, for instance, the Frost Fire Focus is a legacy focus that requires attunement by a druid, sorcerer, warlock, or wizard. Now, in when you first pick up the weapon in the first tier, which is levels one through five, four, one through four, then five through six. Uh, yeah, one through five, five, five through. 10. 10, then the level okay. 2. Um, so when you first get this item, it's a focus, has 7 charges. It's, now, it's not a weapon. It's a focus, right? It is a focus, um, yeah. And while holding it, you can use the action to spend... Uh, you can use an action to spend one of its charges to cast Burning Hands or Fog of Cloud from it uh, using your spell save DC. And it regains 1d6 plus um, expended charges, uh, plus 1 expended charges at dawn. Now, so this is a magic item that you can cast Burning Hands through. Or fog mm-hmm. cloud, which already I think is really cool. Um, I do, and I don't know if this is intentional because I've seen this kind of level of strength in these weapons uh, pretty consistently. This is powerful. Yep. The fact that it only costs one and you get seven of them, yeah. if you give this to a player at level one, this is very much <clears throat> going to be a weapon that they're going to carry, or an item they're going to be carrying indefinitely. Yeah, it's going to be there for at <laughs> At least through the very early levels, and because yeah. right when they, because that's when they're not gonna have a lot of spell slots to begin with. Oh, and now you got starting seven. Out seven extra. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. So I do think this is definitely uh, something made for um, a DM who wants to make their characters extra extraordinary mm-hmm. on top of the really ridiculous shit they can already do. Um, so keep that in mind that your challenges for them will be much harder using some of these. Items. Inversely, as a DM, that means you can throw bigger challenges at them. And some players are totally down with that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, I would be careful. You can give them more HP, but be careful by picking a bigger monster that can just club them in one shot. Yeah. Um, because that's a, that's a hard thing to balance, but he's right. <laughs> um, so... On one, the other hand, though, it does only recover 1d6 plus one of the charges. So, I mean, it's not a whole... That just means you're not going to necessarily get them all every yeah. day. Yeah. But still, that's still. I a guess the lot. chance is still there, yeah. Yeah, because you're gonna at the very least you're gonna get two. Mm-hmm. On average, you're gonna get four. Yeah. So that's still, even yeah, if you only ever got good. the average, you're gonna get yeah. four uses a day, and mm-hmm. that's that's a lot of burning hands. It's a lot of burning hands. <laughs> it is worth noting that it doesn't say like it scales or anything. Yeah. Um. So it, at higher levels, it's still gonna be just burning hands at level one. Mm-hmm. Um. At least that's the way I so interpret it. So won't scale it. up. Yeah. Right. Um, so once you hit... just start getting like fire <laughs> <laughs> so at fifth level yeah. um, it upgrades to superior which means uh, when your focus reaches this grade it gains the following properties while holding this focus you have resistance to fire damage pretty cool okay that's now you're just like every fiend in the game yeah and every tiefling so yep. tieflings aren't special no more bitches <laughs> uh, the number of charges increases to 10 i okay there was already plenty of those. I was going to say, opinion. maybe... All right. Well, I, mean, I feel yeah, like that, that's probably unnecessary, or maybe something should have been moved farther down. And it says, well, we'll see. As an action, you can expend a number of charges to cast one of the following spells from it. 
Fireball for three charges. Or Firewall for four charges. Now, Firewall, is that a fourth level spell? Good question. I think that's a fourth level spell. If you, enough Fireballs, third. Third, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so now you, you, you're you getting some uh, a more powerful Frostfire focus. Um, can really do some damage here. Um, but it's still just kind of giving you a lot of more oomph. Yeah, it's giving and you a lot of firepower. And yes, fourth. It is fourth. So that's that's pretty good. I mean, pretty what high what, for fifth level? Yeah, because don't, don't wizards only get third level spell slots at fifth level? Yep. Yeah. Ooh, so you're really gonna be able to push out some damage with this. Um, but this doesn't make you any, you know, like beefier. So remember that yeah, you're still a sword just stab as, is, a sword's still gonna stab and kill you. <laughs> yeah, you're still gonna get a. You're still uh, made of glass. Sorry, bud. <laughs> so now it moves on to master level when you reach level ten. Okay. Where hmm. you get new uh, features, you now gain resistance to cold damage. This is where the frost fire name mm. comes in, and this is why I like it, right? Because you took a single, the- uh, two individual themes and kind of meshed them together. Yeah. So as an action, you can expend a number of charges uh, to cast one of the following spells: cone of cold, or ice storm, or wall of ice. Okay. Now that's that's some that's some power. Um, I don't think this gave you any. But you didn't get any charges. more. It doesn't gain you any more charges like yep. the, the previous one did. Um, and then at Epic Tier, which is level 15 or higher, you get access to um, your – it now gives you a plus two bonus to spell attack rolls. This right here is the thing I would have expected to be at a lower level. I would say when you hit that second tier, um, instead of giving both you know fire and fire wall, I would have liked – or wall of fire or whatever it yeah. is. I would have liked to seen it give maybe instead like a, a plus, plus one, one to your spell casting buff. Um, that's just me. Would you include spell saves as well? Like a plus one to spell saves? Yeah, and, that's one yeah. thing I think is missing out of the game. And actually, we've made one or two magical items. I don't know if I've used them on the show or in my games mm-hmm. that have actually buffed the spell save DCs. Um, because it's there's nothing worse than somebody saving on your shit. Yeah. You know? And especially when it does nothing when they do save it. So, yeah, yeah I do get that. Um, but anyway, so that's pretty cool. But you, now you get a plus two, which is pretty dope. Yeah, uh, increasing success rates. The number of charges increases to twenty. You doubled it, <laughs> and you regain two d eight plus four at dawn. So, to me, at this point, this becomes an item you're probably going to yeah, be using you'll more never than use anything else, right? Uh, at least till you're out, right? Um, sure, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's like reloading. You just you pull out a different <laughs> wand. You're like, oh, this one's empty right now. I'm gonna pull out this one. I've seen builds that do that. <laughs> oh, see. And then you also, uh, as an action, can expend a number of charges to cast Firestorm or Freezing Sphere. One for seven charges, one for six charges. Now, I re- don't get me wrong. I really think this is really, really cool. I do think that there is a risk of imbalance on the player's end. But as the DM, as they have already put it, you can easily beef them up and... and Oh yeah. Go from yeah. there. Uh but you do you do take on that risk. I do think he get Once again, this is a guild uh a, a DM's guild adept who is far better writer than me um and has way more experience in all this stuff. I think that I would have preferred that the charges be a little more higher value so you can use the features a little less. 
Um, because it sounds like to me, if I pick this, this is probably all I would ever really need mm-hmm. as a caster. And yeah. I would save all my spell slots for like support abilities or something like that. Um, because but maybe that's the idea. And that very well may be. And that, that could be it. Or maybe you just want to be like, I am constantly throwing spells into my foes and I'm going to field wipe everybody nonstop. So maybe there's that too. I don't know. And, and there's, there's a lot of fun that can be had in that, especially as a DM when you can surround your player that has things like fireball with targets for fireball. So they really feel, yeah, burning in hell, you bastards. You know, I mean, I just, I just realized you can cast fireball like six times. <laughs> yes. That's why I said. I six think ta- six fireballs. What? I'm sorry, man. I mean, I know it's commonly resisted, especially by that level. That's true. But six fireballs is still six fireballs. <laughs> like, Oprah, only you a- get a fireball. You get a fireball. <laughs> If that boss had minions, it doesn't have the minions anymore. <laughs> like, it's just a, it's just a crater. <laughs> uh, the maybe we think of like a uh, eventually game where we, where we hit fifth level, I get fireball, and like one player was like, "Dude, man, fireball's not the end all be all spell." Me, fireball goes boom. <laughs> so do my enemies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Um, and I, I had one more comment. Um, the, 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 the characters that can use this. Um, the sorcerer, the wizard, the warlock makes sense. I don't understand why the druid is included in it. Yeah, because... Oh. It seems yeah. to me that they went with, like, the primary spellcasters from the PHP. Maybe. And this actually is, like, uh, worth mentioning to me. I actually did look through this and did a quick search. And none of the uh, the items say anything about, like, uh, artificers being able to use any magical weapons. So and, maybe they didn't include those? Right. And I did l- look it up. This came out after the Eberron's Horse book came out. So it's not like Artificers didn't already exist. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And it is also worth mentioning that the Artificers, yes, they can later on use magical items that are meant for other classes. They can ignore that. But they don't get that until level 14. I see. So it takes a while for, to even get it in the first place. Yeah. I just... I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad thing. I just thought it's worth mentioning. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I mean, if you've got somebody playing Artificer, I guess you could easily just say, oh, and if you can, anything that says wizard on it, you can. Yeah, because like using magical items is kind of the Artificer's theme. So. Yeah. Um, All right. Overall, what do you guys think? I like it. I mean, I do like the theme, right? I mean, yes, it's uh, it, it definitely sells what it's trying to do. Yeah. Uh, it's just holy cow that. I mean, I guess it's it's the epic tier, right? Like, it's literally like you're starting at level 15. You're already starting to scrap with like demigods and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I get it. You, you kind of need that that kind of firepower mm-hmm. to be tussling with those guys anyway. For sure. And I do think getting like the bonus to attack as you level up it alone's worth it. But all the other things you get on top of that, and as right. we have seen, you get quite a few things, yeah. just makes it that much better. Resistances too. You, you, it's quite a full package, honestly. Yeah, one of the things that I think I would like to see in something like this, and maybe I'll design something, where it's less about um, giving you access to casting more, or, uh, casting spells via charges but adds them to your spell list so it still consumes your resources but just expands your options Mm -hmm. although you could argue too that 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 might be a balancing thing that they put in there that that's why i said it may very well i and i was very i prefaced this with this person's a better writer than me and probably has more experience balancing than i do so um and but those are really the only things that i think uh that come to me jump out as ideas like early on it's called frost fire i would like to see access to the frost a little sooner 
than you know what third tier is it second tier yeah, or it was third, like third tier? tier third tier so maybe you get fireball and something else i don't know frostbite i don't, I don't know just um, off the top of my head though you, i guess you get fog cloud which is kind of which is pretty cool in that kind of mm-hmm. similar vein but i think it's just hard to what i think as well is that when they got to like the fifth level tier and the tenth level tier yeah. it's hard to mix the uh the resistances right because you don't want to give them both resistances at the same time and that would be like ridiculous right suddenly this guy's walking in a volcano and there's a blizzard going on outside and he's totally fine he doesn't care (laughs) yeah he's he's fine he doesn't care uh all right so who's got the next one on the the Uh, list you go next yeah me what did you pick up i'll admit there was quite a few great weapons in here we just don't touch on on there later and Mm -hmm. i definitely went back and forth between quite a few but the one i ended up picking in the end was a speed weapon okay okay and this the speed weapon. It is a legacy weapon. Requires achievement, obviously, but just being the document. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and it's any one-handed melee weapon. So no great swords, no great axes. Yeah, but it gives you access to all martial and simple weapons, so it can benefit most. Yeah, most classes then, which is cool. Yep, not like just a scimitar. Yeah, and the flavor for this is this weapon increases a wielder's quickness and fluidity when using combat. The increased rate of motion causes your form to slightly blur and shift through the air. When the weapon is on your person, you gain plus two to initiative when you're not Ooh. incapacitated. And this obviously like benefits quite a few people. Yeah. Actually, plus two initiative just benefits everyone. everyone. Yeah, it benefits <laughs> just everybody. This is really good. <laughs> and this is actually a pretty good start. And if you are surprised... You can use your reaction to draw the weapon and make one attack with it. That's badass. I like now, that. That would, that would certainly catch an enemy off charge. Charge, motherfucker! What? I had surprise! Yeah, he's like, how did he do that? He's like, I didn't. This did it. And he's like looking at his sword and, okay. and the guy's like, it doesn't make any sense. He's bleeding. So not only is this weapon awesome, I'm also a sl- sl- swashbuckler rogue. Take sneak attack. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's just... So good. I like that. You surprise me, I surprise you. Could you get a assa- or yeah, assassinate off that as an assassin rogue? I would say no I because they went before they you. They went before you didn't you yeah. respond to him. But man, that would be cool. Because you could just be like because who would expect that? When you have the surprise and you're just like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna get the drop on this guy, I'm gonna get the first hit, and then suddenly this guy gets the first hit. Do you watch uh It'd be crazy in Robin oh, Hood Men in Tights? This reminds me of it where he's he's kissing his weapon and he goes like this and the guy walks into his blade yeah. as he's trying to ambush him. That's that's what this reminds me of. <laughs> anyway, God. obviously here we have a really good start. Yeah. yeah, we do. And then we hit superior when the weapon reaches this grade, it gains the following properties. You get plus one to attack and damage rolls made as a weapon. Standard, Standard, but never bad. Mm-hmm. The weapon gains a finesse property if it didn't already have it. So it a long sword, Ooh. or axes, or hammers. Oh, figure oh, that a one hammer! Out. My hammer has wheels. <laughs> I have a finesse hammer, which just increases wheels. your versatility, and this is a great add-on for deck-based characters, obviously. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And you can also draw or sheath this weapon simultaneously with another weapon as part of your attack action. It's designed for dual wielding, even though you don't actually need to dual wield with this one, yeah. which we'll get into why. Master, okay. when the weapon reaches this grade, it becomes a plus two weapon. Okay. okay. And you can make one attack with this weapon as a bonus action on each of your turns. That's now, why you don't need to do a wheel. Right. And the other benefit to this is if you're a fighter who has like the duelist feature that gets extra damage to right. just wielding a weapon one handed, 
It's like you get the benefits of dual wielding without actually dual wielding, right. plus the what the fighting style, other fighting style. So yeah, that's, that's just really that's much good. more effective. That is cool. Man, I like awesome. that. And and so it, it's like so you can look at a duelist and a duel and go, I do what you two do, but better. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds Literally. me of uh, when I used to watch the old Dragon Ball and they're fighting and they're moving so fast and the audience can't follow. And he's like, Well, here's what I did first. I followed one punch up with nine. And they're like, What? That's kind of what I find it. He just cut him once. No, he thrust it about six times there, buddy. He's like, but I couldn't yeah. see it. I know, but <laughs> That's I That's the point. <laughs> Get it? The point? <laughs> Jesus. Ah, I slay myself. All right. And the With epic the sword. tier. Speed weapon. Spade. An epic tier. Becomes the plus three weapon. Oh God, I was only the master tier, and it's already so good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even recognize that. And for the master tier, becomes a plus three weapon. You have... Epic tier, epic tier. Now, it loses the plus two initiative bonus. However, it's replaced with advantage on initiative roll rolls if you're not incapacitated. Huh. Wow. Yeah. Oh, and op attacks are against your made with disadvantage. Against you, that is. <laughs> That's really good. That's yeah. solid. It basically gives you uh, the displacer beast ability. Yep. That's cool. And it doesn't stop. Like, it, nope. the, dis- the displacer ability displacement, when you get hit, it actually stops for a short time. Hmm. Uh, this is just indefinitely for opportunity attacks. That's pretty cool. Just for attacks, mind you. But uh, still. You, run, you can still run around. Yeah, you can. Makes you very mobile. This gives you so much movement. Like, honestly. <laughs> you like, can stab a lot of people really quick. Yeah. Holy cow. Like, as you, like, like I said, I just picked this because anybody that can use a one-handed weapon... Benefits from this, yeah, which is really good. Like literally, it's very a versatile uh, legacy weapon. And as we established, there are some classes that benefit from this more than others, but it's still quite looking at you, the assassin rogue. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, or fighter advantage on or paladin. Yeah, literally anybody. And and a druid with shillelagh and a stick. Yep. Yeah, you could. (laughs) I'm gonna shillelagh the shit out of you. (laughs) Uh, this is a good speeds. one. I like that. Yeah. It very much combines a, a bunch of different cool things. The one thing I think is most interesting about it is that it gives you uh, the option to attack as a bonus action. Yeah. Um, sure, that's at higher tiers, but there's a lot of classes that aren't bonus action heavy. Like a cleric, bonus action heavy. They've always got something to do with their bonus action. Yeah. Uh, or a rogue. Always has something to Ro- do. Rogue and I, I think rogue... Oh. Monk, sorcerer, monk, and uh, cleric. cleric are like the ones that are like really bonus action heavy. And spell smites for paladins. Are they? Oh, the, the when they do smite, but that's not something that they do so spell regularly. Smites. Yeah, yes. that, but that's not something they they, they can do like every single round. Eventually, no, they no, no, run no. out. So, uh, yeah, so paladins, paladin would fighters, fighters uh, would even benefit. druids. I think if they're not using healing word, um, they probably would benefit from this quite a bit too. So, yep. Berserkers, or no, Berserkers, fucking barbarians. barbarians. Yeah, I guess they just kind of rage and hope for the best. Yeah, they could benefit from this. <laughs> kind of their entire thing. Right. I mean, yeah, that's but cool. now they can hit twice while they're enraged. So, I mean, hey, that's yeah. really Ooh, good. So, this is like the Berserker feature that, that, that without, without the, the, without the, the without drawback. Without the exhaustion. <laughs> uh, congratulations. That's... You want to be a Berserker? Give your player this weapon. They'll never have to worry about exhaustion again. Yeah, literally never again. If you want to be a Berserker, they'll actually be a Berserker, but better. Yeah. Well, it is worth <laughs> noting that when the Berserker uses their frenzy, though, they can they can not they don't have to use the attack action. But yeah. that's kind of the reason to take that feature in the first place. So, 
Well, yeah, but sometimes it's nice to have an extra opportunity to drink a potion or uh, pull a pull a lever or kick a door down. Or... I thought that's just for attacks. No, it's not. That's what makes it different. Is you can take a. Uh, it's kind of like uh, you can still use the bonus action for an attack, but you can still use like you an can object use a regular. Action. Yeah, yeah, you can do anything else because you're basically you attack with your bonus action and then it lets you use freeze up your regular action. Mm-hmm. True, true, true. Which is kind of it's actually makes them pretty versatile. But the drawback is pretty, uh, pretty hefty. <laughs> so, anyways, we got and got derailed there. All right. So, uh, what object or uh, weapon did you choose? You I, picked armor, I, I picked armor. Um, so I actually choose chose two here because armors really didn't have a lot to work with. But I'm still gonna just end up talking about the versatile armor because that one had a lot more to to actually talk about here. Okay. Um, so the versatile armor is uh, light or medium armor, so it cannot be heavy armor. Um. Sorry, paladins. Yeah, well, I mean, you can probably still work with, like, you know, what is it, the, the half plate mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still, like, what, 16 AC, right? Something yeah, like that. something like that. Yeah. So, this armor is super lightweight, functional, and maximizes its utility for any given scenario. It could be worn under normal clothes, and at its initiate grade, the armor provides the following effects. If the armor normally imposes disadvantage on dexterity self-checks or has a strength requirement, the mithril version of the armor doesn't. So basically you just don't have to... It's it's a lightweight armor. That's nice. Yeah, so it's already really... That's kind of what the uh, the elf chainmail is, right? Yeah. Yes. It doesn't count as... Mm-hmm. Um, you automatically succeed on saving throws made against exposure to extreme heat or extreme cold. See? This would be great for my players in my games. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um... Now, the superior uh, part of this is you have a plus one bonus to AC while wearing this armor, of course. Um, so, if it's light or medium, what is the armor class bonus? Depends on what you're or, wearing. Oh, you yeah. pick which one. So, you might have yeah, versatile just... hide armor yeah. or versatile yeah. leather. Okay, I got it. I was yep, like, yep, what's yep, its yep, base? Yep. I don't know, but I got it now. Yeah, it's it's any armor that you can find, basically. I gotcha, I gotcha. Uh, so the master part of this is when the armor reaches this grade, it gains the following properties. The AC bonus increases to two, and you have a swimming and climbing speed equal to your walking speed. So suddenly, okay. you can be anywhere. Yeah, it makes uh, you very, very mobile. Yes, and I like anything that allows me to not have to suffer any consequences of mo- movement. <laughs> <laughs> I want to climb buildings and swim, please. Uh <laughs> And then the epic property, because uh, that was just the master property. It wasn't, again, their armors aren't really super heavy or, or like any, like, <laughs> well, especially in this case. Uh, they usually don't have a lot going on, but this one has a little bit more. Uh, the epic uh, grade to this, uh, the AC bonus increases to plus three. So that's really, like, good on its own. Um, and then you have advantage on initiative rolls and dexterity saving throws while wearing this armor. So... Yeah, yeah, that's this really is great. definitely a, a, a just a, a set of armor that gives you mobility and increases your defenses as it grows mm-hmm. as it grows in your uh, experience with you. This kind of reminds me of uh, or any. I just realized because it gives advantage on say uh, dex saving throws, like a rogue or a monk with evasion would just love this. <laughs> just like giving the middle finger to the DM. Yeah, every day. it's just like you can't hit me with anything that's dexterity based. Well, I'm just going to poison you to death then. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Joke's on you. I'm a dwarf and immune to poison. Or have advantage on them. Advantage. Oh, damn. Advantage. They're not immune anymore. Right. They were immune before, weren't they? Or was that 4E? Is that different? Who knows? Oh. I Anyways, know. um, so I think this is really cool. Uh, This is, uh, of all the items, I think this is the one that would most likely be able to make it into a campaign without any risk of like 
yeah issues um being come from it because a lot of that stuff is situational the swimming the climbing the the temperate uh bonuses uh, uh, i do like the advantage on the initiative rolls mm-hmm. and deck saves that's pretty powerful but that's like an epic level so i like the uh not uh imposed disadvantage on stealth checks i'm always a big fan of that because i think it's really <laughs> dumb i'm wearing a suit of armor it's like well yes they could hear me but also what if i'm like way out in the middle of nowhere and they there couldn't possibly see me or hear me <laughs> but so all i have to do is hide it is worth noting that these are pretty much all armor pieces and weapons. Like, I talked about foci, but I think it actually, you can have the focus come in the form of, like, a staff if you want or something like that, uh, if I'm reading this right. Or in this I'm case, a bazooka, not. it may as well be. Right? <laughs> For that one particularly, yeah. Um, I do think there's interesting uh, weapon in here. Did you say you had there was one more you wanted to talk about? I, I had another armor. It was just, like, a really short one. Let's, let's talk about it then. Sure. Uh, so the it? other one I like, because I love seeing my stats just increase, just flat. <laughs> I like watching the numbers go up, guys. Which uh, doesn't happen often as no, in 5th edition no. as it does in other games. Um, it was the protection armor. Uh, so this one can be any armor. So this can be for your paladins or anything, which, by the way, this is probably really sad, good for some paladins with yeah. high charisma. Um, so this armor provides versatile overall protection. While you wear it, you have a plus one bonus to saving throws. Paladins don't need at more saving throw bonuses, man. No, they don't. You guys suck. <laughs> Having a plus You get five. a plus four. You get a plus four. Everyone gets a plus four. Is it like a D4 or whatever? Still, it sucks. No, it's plus five. It sucks. <laughs> it's just a raw plus five. You can't. Like, don't do you have an aura, too, on top of that? No, that is the aura. Oh, man, yeah. that's horrible. Oh, that's weird. Anyway. But anyway. Um... Uh, the superior rating is you get a plus one bonus to AC while wearing it. The master is just a plus two uh, bonus to AC. And when it reaches the epic grade, it's a plus three bonus to AC. And then the saving throw bonus is a plus two. So you are not going to get hit with many conditions probably by this point, depending right. on what you are. But paladins would probably be like, haha, you can't touch me. Don't I'm invincible. <laughs> now, there's something I want to talk about this. Um... <clears throat> There's something that I don't feel like this... Yep, it's off your charisma modifier. Or yeah. protection. Yeah, or protection based what off it, charisma. So, so you're so plus, plus five. five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so the one thing I want to talk on that I don't... I don't. Maybe I just missed it in my, my read-through, but it doesn't talk about uh, the evolution and the evolving uh, of the, the weapon. So, so like the actual physical form of the weapon. Do they physically change? Um to me, That'd be cool if they, did. they should. A good example would be with your your armor you were just talking about. The protection one or the versatile the, one? The versatile one. Okay. You're basically, it's making you lighter. So what if it's like, starts like changing material? So it starts off as like a heavy chain mm-hmm. and then it goes from like a mess steel to like a really light aluminum or mm-hmm. or something like that. It's physically changing. Or the frost fire foci. Maybe when you first get it, um, it has, you know, a little fiery flow. It's a, sta- a, a wooden staff that's got like a little fiery orb that floats over it. And when it becomes stronger, that orb becomes multiple orbs. Or when it gets ice, it's now got two orbs mm-hmm. floating around it. If it's the, um, the speed weapon, maybe it, I'm going to get weird on here maybe it grows little wings on there like hermes you know to mm-hmm. represent that it's you know getting faster or maybe or, it hums or vibrates or gets more blurry just from looking at it yeah look at that's a good one too it just starts to get kind of distorted cool. right yep. um which i think is cool and it, coming up with a, a a visual cue of how your weapon evolves means you can start off with a weapon that just seems mundane 
but at the next tier, all of a sudden it's recognizable by everyone as not being normal. Mm-hmm. And it stands out, more importantly, to the NPCs and the, the way people can interact with the heroes. Because you know a bandit's not going to F around with somebody who's got a sword that's humming, you know, or, you know, something that's... Only when it's unsheathed, though. Not normal. Yeah, it's so a it doesn't... blade. <laughs> Can't well... be stealthy with it, right? Um, okay, so maybe it's just, like, all fuzzy or something, but... Mm. Uh, maybe when you're wearing an armor that, you know, you're a druid and you've got this, this, this versatile armor, maybe it starts to change from regular bark armor to like, uh, like, uh, iron bark is steel bark or iron bark. I think. Iron bark. Um, yeah. and it physically starts to change. I feel like that could give you so much. I was thinking with like the, the versatile armor too. Like maybe they, cause I always say armor tends to have like, you know, like gauntlets and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could have like almost like these like really really tiny hooks on like the hands so like that's how you climb how just, it just grows really out, grows yeah. right out of it oh man so you just you just plant your hand on it. it's like wow that's really sturdy <laughs> and you can totally fit it to fit your character's theme too mm-hmm. because it's evolving with you it may change to reflect your character's personality um i really like this because your character become the weapon becomes just a literal extension of the character. Yeah. And you know, a druid who is a uh, what's the the water race, the swimmer Triton. Yeah, um, that's one of them. The the Triton. Yeah. Maybe your weapon when it when it uh it levels up, it starts to drip water or something, or you know, mist appears in, in around it all the time, mm-hmm. or or something that ties to your character's race or their class or their faith. It seems to rain more often. Right. <laughs> little storm cloud right above you. <laughs> all the time. Um, but either way, I think that that would be really a great way to get the most out of these legacy weapons. Um, it is worth noting there's other stuff in here. Like, they do give some bonds for called legacy bonds, which I thought was pretty cool. It says, like, for instance, the item bears historical significance to a character's adventuring faction. So that actually ties it to... Uh, tell, Ties it to like whatever faction you might be in, whether it's Harper's mm. or the the Lord's Alliance or, or whatever. Uh, I think it's the Lord's Alliance. I forget. This one. Yeah. Um, the last thing I wanted to touch on really quick um, was a variant of it for runestones. So if you're not into just giving them these features outright, um, it gives you details and rule, rules for all the legacy weapons have sockets and you can socket in the runestones. Yeah. Um, and it basically tells you the, the, the power grade and how much rarity it adds to the, to the weapon. So you can pick and choose which features they get out of uh, the items, as far as I can understand. Yeah, um, I think that was like the general consensus yeah. from it. So um, overall, what would you guys think? It's pretty cool. Uh, it, it's definitely a lot more tame than the ancestral weapons. <laughs> yes. Uh, like significantly more tame i remember looking back at the ancestral weapons uh not too long ago and i was like man these one point wonders this is so stupid <laughs> they're powerful Literally just one point i'm like oh yeah i got uh, advantage on death saves poison saves uh mm. dex saves sorry i, I got advantage but that on certainly everything. gave you a lot more customization yes yeah. I-, I will but... say that it definitely you could definitely do a lot more with ancestral weapons but if you just want to give someone some like just cool evolving gear and you can kind of just think of like the the story with on like the fly or something like this would definitely be a really good idea too you could even work with the player to develop the story could Mm -hmm. maybe not reveal all that it does but Mm -hmm. say hey this uh what sort of weapon would you if you had to carry one weapon through the entire game with you what one would it be and could you give it a, a you know two three sentence backstory for me so 
Uh, the concept of legacy items and their use may not fit in all campaigns or adventure scenarios. There may be limitations in either the storyline or adventure where it doesn't easily allow for the story-centric items. Uh, in that situation, it is recommended to use the rune stones because then you can pick and pick and choose, like, uh, what is that, uh, a la carte? Yeah. Is that when you just pick yep. out of something? Yep, a la carte, no. yeah. Uh, and may benefit your story a little more. Uh, anyways, I think this is a cool product. Um, it's definitely one that I could see myself using if I didn't already have a bunch of other DMs Guild stuff in my campaign that gives my players <laughs> yeah. enough extra uh-huh. options. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I like yeah. talents and stuff. Oh <laughs> the the talents are awesome. I do. I, love I do those. like the talents. They definitely they've, they've been handy, no question. <laughs> Yeah, they've saved my ass a lot. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> well. uh, that'll do it for our main topic today. Hello, heroes. This episode is brought to you by our generous sponsor, Podcorn. If you don't know, Podcorn is an amazing marketplace that connects podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities, such as host read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and so much more. Yeah, actually, their mission is actually to give uh, podcasters some transparency and some creative freedom to uh, control uh, how they monetize things, actually. It's really cool. Yeah, it is pretty dope. And on top of that, you don't have to give up any rights for your podcast. And in fact, they are there to support you every step of the way. And they also are there to ensure that you are protected and that you are compensated for your work. Which yeah. is actually really important for up-and-coming streamers yeah. or podcasters, anyone like that. Just like us. We... Uh... Trying to find sponsorships can be really challenging when you're smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, so Podcorn really gave us the opportunity even to do this ad that we're running right now was only made possible by Podcorn. Explore your sponsorship opportunities and start monetizing your podcast right now. Head on over to podcorn.com slash podcasters to sign up right now. Do it. Do it now. We have another gift to give away. Woo. Compliments of Jeff Stevens. Stevens, <gasps> who also got us these awesome shirts. We yeah. got Jeff Stevens game Thank shirts. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff is so awesome. He uh, he sent us these shirts. I totally forgot to mention them, but I knew I, once we got to his part of the show, I knew he regular. They're so dope. Thank you, Jeff. You're awesome. It was so nice of him. Not only did he get them for uh, us, yep. but he also got one for my wife. I noticed yours is different. Yep. It's my nice and faded. I, see, I like the black shadowy look. Yeah. It's not inside out, is it? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was say, that'd be Ours really are nice good. and bright and white, and his is uh, like like a gray. Yeah. Yep. Um, on the inside. <laughs> okay. He's like, I got to check. Um, so, Jeff, thank you so much. If you yep. guys haven't checked out Jeff's stuff, he is absolutely an amazing writer. So, he's got fantastic content, been doing it for years, and Dude's it's incredible. Just, yeah, he's just a fun guy to have on. All right. Now, let's give away his free stuff. <laughs> our, our first, our next giveaway from Jeff is Scourge of the Nightingale, Part One: A Song of Love. A masked menace terrifies the region, raiding villages to fund her devious plan. Unknowingly, the adventurers stumble into her most recent evil scheme: the kidnapping of a famous performer known as Devon Artis. Their mission is to deliver a ransom and collect Devon, though. As in most cases, not all goes as planned. It's worth noting that if you've played his Night of the Rise, which has an absolutely amazing twist in it um, that I think he's talked about on the the show. Uh, I think he did, where you get to, the players get to basically take the place of some uh, actors. Hmm. And they end up putting out a performance for the guy they're hunting. 
in order to sneak into his his bro, his bandit camp. There's very much that sort of sto- story in this, which mm-hmm. makes it absolutely amazing experience. Uh, we really need to get together because I've only played the first one, so um, we need to do that. All right, who is our winner today? Our winner today is Fan Beak BR. <laughs> If you didn't win, have no fear. Head on over to CritAcademy.com slash Jeff Stevens and get Villains and Layers 3 and Encounters on the Savage Seas 3 free. Do it. Van Beek, if you enjoyed the product, please leave Jeff Stevens a review. Tell him how much you like it. Tell him you got it from us and thank him for being awesome. Every time we I do. click on his name on DM Skill, I'm just amazed at the sheer amount of content yes, he put out. How consistently good it's yeah. been. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that he just doesn't sleep. I would not be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> You've uh, talked to the man, it makes sense. Yeah, right. <laughs> and now, what you've all been waiting for. Our Unearthed Tips and Tricks segment, where we bring you new and reusable material for both players and DMs. So our character concept comes from patron Stephen Kern. J.P. Ark. Okay. I have created a Beastmaster Ranger called J.P. Ark. He ha- is a green dragonborn who has a Velociraptor pet that is black and purple named Purpel. He has bagpipes that he uses to play the Jurassic Park theme song. <laughs> he has the Outlander background. And my influence for this character is Chris Pratt's character in Jurassic World. <laughs> I literally had to facepalm when he came to our game with this. Because uh. I didn't put it together until he actually did what you just did with the music. That's some wild stuff. What on earth? Do you get the name? <laughs> no, I don't, unfortunately. Jurassic Park. Uh, Jurassic Park. Yeah. Oh my god. It made me facepalm. J.P. Ark. Yes. <laughs> But it was funny, and it was it was really cool to 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 see him take a character that is in a movie that's not even related to like any sort of like hard anything, medium. yeah, or action, or I mean, well, except for people getting eaten, I guess. Yeah. But like, I think what would be great do, does the does the ranger have access to like hold person or anything like that? Because hmm. I would totally love to see him run up. And then do that thing that Chris Pat does with the with the Raptors mm-hmm. and say I cast hold person. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is nope. really yeah, this is really interesting just because it's a character that's focused more on uh, a, a theme that he brought in. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's. I mean, I've he made... ran with something and and it sold. So hey, you know what? Good on you. <laughs> and I made plenty of like a joke slash pun character before and. This is in the same vein, Just so adds right to it, right? <laughs> Put you know, it right in the repertoire. Now that I think about it, I'd never have run that bard I've been threatening to run that who plays a didgeridoo for his <laughs> product instrument. Isn't isn't the dinosaur that Chris Pratt's character is interested in named Blue? Yep. Purple. Which has a blue stripe. <sighs> <laughs> Alright then. We have a lot of unique people in this world. Yes, clearly. <laughs> Thank you for your submission, Steven. We love you. Uh, if you enjoy this character concept, give it a shot. Let us know. <coughs> Have you run something as thematically heavy? 
um, inspired by a character who's not from a fantasy realm, send it to us. I'd love to read about it. That'll do it for our character concept today. J.P. Arc. Oh, God. I can't. <laughs> I can't. Uh, would you like to tell us about our magic item or our uh, monster variant? Or should I do sure. that? Sure. All right. Tell us about it. Today's monster variant is the Hail Scourge. Ooh. The Hail Scourge are elemental knights who have shed their natural bodies to sense vigil over a place of significance. Their souls draw water from the air around it to form armor and weapons out of ice, often shaping them into blades similar in shape to a massive windmill like Shuriken, perfect for, for battling enemies near or far. Ooh. Most do not know why they go as far as they do to defend these locations, but their dedication makes them a fierce opponent few have encountered, let alone survive. Mm-hmm. So how do we create this bad boy? Yep. First off, we start with... with, with uh, first off, we start with a djinn. And you lose some a few features, being lightning and thunder immunity. And you, you lose their spell list. You lose the scimitar. You lose multi-attack times three. But their wow. new features... What they, do they get? Yeah, I was going to say, what was the part we're starting with this again? <laughs> okay. Now, they do, in return, get multi-attack times two, which is not as good as times three. But... It's like KO Ken. Times two is just not as good as times three. Yeah, no. it just doesn't work. <laughs> But they are now effectively a fifth-level spellcaster. Their at-wills are Detect Evil and Good, Detect Magic, as well as Ray of Frost. That's definitely on brand. <laughs> Three times per day, they can, they can use create or destroy water and tongues, so they can get a lot of communication from that. And okay. once per day, they can cast Cut of Cold, Ice Storm, and Plane Shift. Ah. Which is definitely a FU attack or spell <laughs> here and there. I like it. Good, good. And they gain Ice Shuriken, which can be used in range or melee, plus 9 That's to hit, nice. 5 foot reach, or the range is 30, 30 slash 120 for long range. One target, and they hit, it's 2d6 plus 5 slashing, plus 1d6 cold damage. See, that's pretty good. That's, that's a really nice weapon. Yeah. Wait, does it come back on its own? It does, it does now. Not. Oh, they, duh, that's right. I designed this, you think I would have thought it through, but they make, they can just form it out of ice. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that was in the flavor. I guess you probably should tell that. I should put that in a more, like, an action. As a bonus action, you could create one or something. I should fix yeah. that. And they also have Sleet Storm, which recharges on a 5 or a 6. Nice. I love this one. Freezing rain and sleet surrounds the area the Hail Scourge chooses in a 20-foot-tall cylinder with a 40-foot radius. The area mm. is heavily obscured, and exposed flames in the area are doused. The Sleet Storm lasts as long as the Hail, as the hail Scourge maintains it. Maintain concentration, as if it's a concentrating spell. Ah, so it can be broken. Mm. Yep. The ground in the area is covered with slick ice, making it difficult terrain. When a creature enters the aura for the first time on the star- or starts their turn there, it must succeed on a DC-18 deck save. On a fail save, it falls prone. Pretty good. If a creature is concentrating aura, the creature must make a DC-18 con save throw or lose concentration. So yeah, this, this can screw over some major spellcasters pretty good. Yeah. And they have legendary actions. Wait, there's more. It is a CR 11, so. Yeah. yeah. The Hail Scourge can take two legendary <laughs> actions, choosing from one of the options below. Only one legendary option can be used at a time, and only at the end of another creature's turn. They re- regain the legendary action at the start of its turn. The attack, it can make an attack. Make one Ice Shear can attack or an at will spell. So, so there, there's your what? There's your, there's your extra attacks. 
I had to balance it somehow. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and potentially more than three actually per turn, so... How so? Yeah. What do you mean, how so? You can take four. Oh, yeah, because he gets two of them. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> he can make four. Two plus two is four. <laughs> and icy blast. I can count. <laughs> Just not all at once. <laughs> and the other option they have is icy blast. They release a bus of ice and hail in a 30-foot-long, 5-foot-wide line. Any creature in the area may make a DC-18 strength saving throw or be pushed 10 feet away. If a creature fails to th- throw by 5 or more, they are knocked prone. What do you guys think about this bad boy? They can screw you up. Uh, I just... This is... I like this. <laughs> I want to fight one of these. It's I want to die by one of these. <laughs> what? When I designed this, what did you think my goal was? Ice, ice, baby. Part of it. But there's <laughs> more than that. My goal was to make it have is uh, make it as most interactive combat as possible. Hmm. It's quite versatile as well. Yeah. yeah. So by having an aura that affects the characters, they can slip, they can fall, they can break their concentration. I was even thinking you can make the aura like damage like a little bit. I had considered it, but I'm already pushing the bounds of the upper damage limit of yeah. this CR. Um, I don't know that it would make that much of a difference. It's like um, 1d6 or something, like 1d4. Yeah, like yeah. bludgeoning or something for the sleet storm. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I did have... Or like just cold damage. I, and, and I had thought I had thought that, but it was yeah. one of those things just like, you know, you got you got to find a balance. <laughs> There's a line so, there. Yeah, yeah. You got you to gotta ride it pretty close. But I did think it was fun to give him access to his at-wills. Mm-hmm. Um, which could also be used as like legendary actions, meaning he's going multiple times in a turn. It's just one, just some dude who's like some like ice knight who's just like, "Hey, I'm about to fuck you up. <laughs> okay. You're in the wrong spot, buddy. You got to turn around." Look, dude, I'm here to protect this area. If you don't cross the line, fine. <laughs> but if you cross this line, you are going down. <laughs> I will make sure your day is ruined <laughs> and maybe your life, <laughs> depending. And not in that order. <laughs> uh, overall what do you guys think pretty good <clears throat> it's really solid I like it yeah I hope you do does he have any like uh, do they have like any uh, like cold resistances or anything like that um, he should be immune to cold but okay. some idiot forgot to put that on here so okay. you know, I was just that. wondering yeah because I took away his two immunities because I was going to change him to the other to a different element okay. and clearly I forgot see this is why I need people to proofread my shit Hey, we remember. I'm an idea guy. I'm not a. I mean, I write, but without editors, I'm. Yeah, I'm probably way worse in that regard than myself, so. We're going to go ahead and just add cold immunity on here. There we go. Yeah, it has cold immunity. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. (laughs) Thanks for asking. No, yeah. Yeah. Austin, would you like to tell us about our encounter of the podcast? Absolutely. Our encounter today is Enchanting Meadow Encounter by Alan Hess. This vast, beautiful meadow is filled with a soft breeze and gentle critters happily frolicking. Great! <laughs> it's pretty. A refreshing mist flows through the air and a rainbow arcs across the sky. Double rainbow all the, the way. Oh, God, it's so great. The grass at their feet is soft and inviting. The characters are greeted with calming and tranquil thoughts. The meadow drains the life essences as it uses the energy to grow the meadow and power its enchantment. <laughs> That's why I that changed quick. Yeah, it was like, ah... <laughs> Uh, oh, okay. Uh, when a creature enters an area of the enchanting meadow, must succeed on a DC 15 wisdom saving throw or become magically charmed by the meadow. The creature is enthralled by the meadow's beauty and is paralyzed. Shit. 
It's it is so pretty. It's so good. Oh, God, I can't move. It's pretty. <laughs> I'm just going to take a nap right here. It's so comfortable. It's for the flowers. <laughs> Why are the thorns inside my legs? They're wrapping around and slowly yeah. choking the life out of you. It's still really pretty. But it looks nice. Look at all. Oh, look at how nice that thin wire is. It's choking. He wants to give me a hug. <laughs> I want to embrace the nature. <laughs> Uh, whenever the charmed creature takes damage, the target can repeat the saving throw. On its success, the effect ends, and it can run. <laughs> uh, no, no more it doesn't than... say that, does it? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> it should, I though. Did. I thought I write that on accident. Uh, no more than once every 24 hours, the target can repeat the saving throw, of course, and when it leaves the meadow... <clears throat> While a creature stands in an area in the enchanting meadow, it has its ends drained from it, or its blood, depending on what kind of uh, meadow it is. Uh, a creature loses one hit die, oh god, every minute that it is spending in the meadow. Jesus Christ, if a creature has spell slots, it loses one spell slot and hour, an hour, starting from its highest level spell slot before it loses hit dice. Wowee! So what, is, what does that sound like, that last part there? That sounds like pain and misery. <laughs> It uh, spell <laughs> casters are actually have a slower death than others. Yeah, I mean that makes sense, right? Um, yeah. In a weird way. So, what do you guys think about this? This uh, beautiful metal song got really metal. Yeah, <laughs> it was like ah, oh, it's so pretty. You're dead. Where's this baseline coming from? Suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> so this was submitted. Uh, I had to rewrite it so it was in the the proper the, format the that I've been format. doing, but um. I, this when I got this from Alan Hess, I was just like, "This is genius," and it fits perfect in our upcoming fantastic terrain too. Oh yeah! In fact, that's why I that's rewrote it too. Going to annihilate me. Yeah, um, I thought this was awesome. I love the idea of there being lots of missing persons, and a spot of the Fey Wild bled into the world, and people who wandered through there got trapped in this beautiful area and are slowly just dying. They're just being drained of all their life essence. Who would have guessed? Hey, uh, well, you're looking a little thinner there, buddy. You doing all right? <laughs> so I guess metal doubles as a weight loss program. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where is this meadow? I need it immediately. <laughs> just tie a rope to me and pull me out after a few minutes or after a little bit. Like an um, hour later, right. just pull you out. You're days. just skin and bones. I'm like, oh god, Justin, are you always like, I never felt better. This meadow is beautiful. <laughs> I felt so terrible, and yet I'm so skinny. <laughs> That's so funny. Actually, I don't know that that's supposed to be an hour. That seems uh, kind of generous. Uh, every ten minutes. Ten minutes sounds better. Or every second. They just—the minute you walk in it is the minute you start dying. Right. But the, it looks like we want the uh, spellcasters are more resistant because it'll drain their magic drain before their magic they drains them. their their physical. Alternatively, they're if they magic. start throwing a monster in there from the Feywild, suddenly they're in deep shit. <laughs> Yeah, because now the mages are like, "Hey, I, guys," <laughs> and they get and the fighters are like, "What's wrong, dude? We're in a great meadow, guys. You're not seeing anything. No, we totally got to turn everyone into stoners. Hey, dude, is well, you're doing up? great, dude. Hey, just come over and smell the roses. They smell like blood. Why am I bleeding? <laughs> the meadow's eating me." <laughs> but I, I don't want to be a great. It's like a sarlacc pit, but it's just grass. <laughs> <laughs> Deadly grass. That's a new one. Some crazy shit happens in Faerun. Yeah, oh, no. this. I, I mean, that's kind of expected, right? Right. I love it. Cool. We got a good encounter out of Thank that. Thank you very much, uh, Alan Hess, for the enchanting meadow. Yay. 
Our magical item is the Pick of Destiny from Oh God, It's Mason. <laughs> no, we got. It's got to be a little better. That's good. Oh God, It's Mason. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't do a good enough job. <laughs> this is a weapon morning star with uncommon uh, requires attunement. Specifically, a morning star, guys. Yeah, not used very often. Um, except it isn't. What? <laughs> Why except is it a pickaxe? <laughs> what? Except that it's not a morning star. We read the description. <laughs> oh, it's a pickaxe. Why does it say morning star there? I don't it's know. A- I don't know what's right. Maybe this is a stat block for the morning. Star. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe oh, stat block for morning. Star. Let's change it to pickaxe then, since that's what's in the text. All right, well, let me double check that. But yeah. uh, so this pickaxe or and or morning star apparently uh, created by a blacksmith turned demon slayer was so it's probably a pickaxe. Yeah, uh, was yeah. forged from two repossessed horns previously owned by a demonic priest and attached to a wrought iron handle. <laughs> that's cool. It's probably a war pick. It's the same stats as a Morning Star, anyway. Okay. So. <laughs> so the war pick slash pickaxe slash Morning Star um, is <laughs> apparently two demon horns attached to a wrought iron handle. I just imagine the guy like, hey, so it's like it's walking up to some venture. Hey, I made a weapon. Yeah, you're a blacksmith. That's what you do. Yeah, but this one's cool. Look at it. <laughs> and he's like, what the fuck is that? Oh, it was some demon horns. Strapped into a pickaxe. Oh, man. You want to buy it? No! <laughs> <laughs> While you are attuned to this weapon, it glows red hot within, when, within 30 feet of a fiend. That sounds familiar. Interesting. Didn't that happen? Isn't there a weapon that does that in uh, Lord, of the Rings. Lord of the Rings? One with orcs. Orcs. Mm, yeah, yeah. All right. So, uh, after <clears throat> a weapon has slain a fiend enemy, the wielder is compelled to drive the pick into the corpse and uh, and the body is drained of all blood. Ooh. After the body is drained, dwarvish text appears on the handle, and speaking the <laughs> command words "rip and tear" as a bonus action—that's a Doom reference, is it? Yeah, <laughs> causes the uh, heads of the pick to spin like yep. a saw <laughs> in a saw-like fashion. The, the oh weapon's God. damage type changes from piercing to slashing and causes an additional 3d6 damage to fiends for one minute. That is... The weapon regains, uh, weapon <laughs> regains its three charges. Good, good lord. This, at dawn. This uh, war pick slay transforms into a chain axe. Yeah. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> that is... That uh, so is, it, has, awesome. it has three it has three charges and it regains them at dawn. Yeah. What are the charges used for? Uh, activating it sounds like I see. Yep, I think this okay. needs to be changed. We're gonna get rid of that. We're just gonna say once you acquire it, you have it. It's just boom. Start because ripping that, and tearing. That reminds me a lot for like, a minute. Uh, like uh, there's a weapon that's like that. Is it the demon slaying sword? No, uh, dragon slaying sword. Yep, it has something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. It does. Oh, you know what? It's probably uncommon and it has charge. So yeah, let's oh, say it drains it and gains sense. three charges. Yep. Okay. That makes sense. Nothing about the manga chainsaw, man. <laughs> I just want to. <laughs> this is just now. This is the the story of this blacksmith got really weird, right? He's like, "Hey, I made a cool weapon. It's made out of demon horns." It's like, adventure's like, what the, what? that's so weird. He's like, "Weird." <laughs> like, even we're not like you guys. We use like souls and stuff, sure, but like. You're using, like, our body parts and, like, using them into weapons? and What the... That would be a good thing to find out. Like, have your characters delve into a place where you expect it to be so horrible, and they're disgusted by the, the adventurer's yeah. actions. I like that. 
Dude, I mean, I know hell's bad, but you guys make Earth way worse. (laughs) (laughs) It's just weird out there, man. I don't know how you guys do Uh, it. All right, that'll do it for our magic (laughs) item, the Pick of Destiny. That is a horrible name. (laughs) It's more like... (laughs) Let me show you your destiny. It's just... Uh, Austin, would you like to tell us about our Dungeon Master tip? Absolutely. We have reputation points. Uh, so there are a few things more satisfying to a player than having the NPCs dote on them after they do their heroic deeds. I know you! Likewise, ah. having NPCs who react to the characters' actions with disdain and annoyance because of their actions, while not satisfying, helps the world to be alive. <laughs> uh, considering having your players track reputation points for their characters, something as simple as favorable and dependent. Uh, maybe disapproving because they don't like them. Uh, utilize this as a way to guide interactions with shopkeepers, guards, and other NPCs in the area. Instead of increasing DC levels, this puts the dice in the player's hands so they can see and hold the results of their actions, giving them more weight. If you really want to get fancy, though, you can use the faction renown system for the city reputation overall, adding a much more complexity. Hey! You're the event- that one adventure that's- that's- that saves the town! Yep! By beating that troll to death with a sh- sheep. Yep. That was my sheep, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Why would you think to beat a troll to death with sheep? I thought it was a ram! <laughs> oh my god. It's not my fault! That would be the best response ever. <laughs> I was trying to use it as a battering ram. And the guy's oh, just like. Oh god. Like, he just, he's at a loss. He's like, <laughs> I have the, so many questions. You're not the sharpest sword in the armament, are you? <laughs> it worked. Um, so <laughs> <overall>, it worked. <laughs> overall, what do you guys think about this DM tip here? I feel like it's something that should just be utilized. Uh, maybe, okay. So, I, I feel like for a majority of tables, this should be utilized. Yeah. A majority. Now, there's going to be those few tables that are like like the dungeon delvers almost, mm-hmm. where like it won't play nearly as much of a role, because like, you're probably just dungeon delving, you're going to kill the big bad guy in the dungeon, come back out, hey guys, got new loot, let's go find another dungeon! <laughs> 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 Time to find another guy and kill him! I repeatedly, do... there is no, or just for reference, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. No, and, absolutely not, yeah, I love it. And there are some RPGs that do build in their reputation system that works more similar, and I do think players do like to have recognition from their actions, have like a the world respond to it. Yeah. yeah. So. Alternatively, uh, if your players do like the whole dungeon delving aspect and you do, uh, they also still want to retain some of that like uh, reputation or like some renown for what they've done. Uh-huh. Uh, exactly that. I mean, maybe they killed the big bad guy and they like chopped off his head and they're walking around with it like, hey, I killed the guy. And everyone's like, hey, good job, dude. Yeah, you, you did it. Can't believe it. <laughs> You're the ogre slayer, right? Like, no, 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 we, what? No, we, we just killed the, this guy's not an ogre, he's, he's a hobgoblin. What, 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 looks like an ogre to me. What's the difference? <laughs> ah, fucking villagers. <laughs> anyway. Or, hey guys, look, we killed this ogre. You killed Steve? <laughs> Poor Steve. <laughs> and now your reputation gets lowered. <laughs> what did Steve do to you? You had an ogre stalking outside your village. He was protecting us. He's our sheep herder. <laughs> <laughs> do you not see the Poor dragon Steve. flying around? The ogre was stopping him. Poor Steve. Oh my god. Alternatively, if you have a lot of rogues in your party, or maybe a lot of murder hobos, this might make them stop being murder hobos. Oh yeah, like thieves who take steal from uh, from the the merchants quickly can become uh, disapproving and the merchants won't deal with them. 
Oh yeah. Or they'll they'll hike up the prices. Or they just won't do it the entire party. So now not only is it affecting the bad <laughs> it's person, a, it's affecting it's affecting everybody. everybody. And it. now the party looks at you like, hey, idiot. Right. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. We can't get basic services. They won't even feed us Bermanto and fries. I literally can't go to an inn. I have to sleep outside. This is your fault. <laughs> <laughs> I think I meant to say service. But anyway. yeah, anyway, anyway. Anyways, I think it's a great Dungeon Master tip. I do think that if you want to get really fancy, you can just uh, use the reputation for the faction stuff. Um, but is keeping that in the it DMG simple, or is that... It's in one of the books. I don't know which one. DMG, yeah. Is it? I feel like it talks does... about the faction reputations. I do feel like it's touched on there in some capacity. It was big in the Elemental Evil campaign setting. Alternatively, so. you could, uh, if you like, have the Ravnica book, you could use like the guild systems and Ooh, stuff. And you you could get really big into it. Because yeah, so. you can always just reflavor the names of the guilds and yeah. what they do. So At the very least, having just three favorable, indifferent, or disapproving can help you kind of guide how they would be treated by others give your give, give your players like info cards and yeah. like have like a little like slider or something <laughs> this is all your merchants why just slides unfavorable well you killed one of them <laughs> you robbed the you robbed the other one and then you ripped off the third one they don't like you anymore yeah uh and now that because merchants obviously have a web of networks and stuff uh none of them like you right you will never get service <laughs> that's funny all right, that'll do it for our Dungeon Master tip of the podcast. Uh, reputation reputation points. points. Good one. Our yeah. player tip of the podcast is... Don't, don't be a dick. dick! And you can avoid dickitude by... Mastering that mass shadow clone technique. Believe it! <laughs> That's We're going to start doing, like, plus signs and stuff. <laughs> That's the wrong symbol. That's how he turned into a gir- uh, the girl with the puffy clouds the first time. It's yeah. an accident. I thought you on purpose. Trying to do the, the transformation jutsu, and he turned into a, a, a chick with no clothes. <laughs> because it's Naruto, and it's it was Makes people laugh. Japanese anime back in, like, And all their nose, like, two thousand yeah. out red blood, and he can get away with it. All right, so... They how... still go back to the trope in Boruto. They yeah. still do that. That's funny. Boruto fouled straight into his dad's so was like, Ha ha, now I'm a sexy girl! <laughs> Except he uses it more for espionage and getting past stuff rather than actually doing. So he actually has. A he plan. has a plan with it. All right. Sometimes. <laughs> so how do we do this? So battles are chaotic. <clears throat> danger lurks around every corner. Making a battle more chaotic by adding clones of yourself can reduce the damage of yourself and your allies take um, by creating opportunities to seize the figurative high ground. The mass shadow clone build will allow you to create a small army of yourself. So how okay. do we do this, you guys? We're going to start by picking three levels in Fighter and taking the Echo Knight to get the Manifest Echo feature. Yeah! Which comes with a multitude of abilities I'm not going to get into right now, but it's pretty cool. But you get a clone. Yes. That's the big part. Um, You're going to multi-class into three levels into Cleric for the Trickery Domain Cleric to get Invoke Duplicity, which allows you to use a Channel Divinity to make another clone of yourself. And then... You're also going to get Mirror Image, which now makes three clones of yourself. Three more. Three more. So now you now can... Five. At one time, you've got, what, five? Five, five clones already. Um, but good. as you get level up, you can make this better by taking ten levels into Wizard's illusional tr- Illusionary Tradition and accessing Illusionary Self, which allows you to create a duplicate as a reaction that basically absorbs a, a, an attack against you for an instant. So, poof, there's another one, and he's gone. Yep. He's like, poof, they hit you. Final log appears where you're standing. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. And if you really want to get fancy, pick up the simi- simulacrum uh, ability. That yeah. Silicrum. What the hell ever, dude? I don't give a shit how it's said. It's made up. 
Anyways. All words are made up. See? So it doesn't matter how I say it. Um, and that actually lets you create a copy of yourself for after 12 hours with a 7th level spell that can then cast those same spells. And features. Yes. I'm pretty sure. So there you go. So now you have 10, 11 clones. Ah! And you can include, 12. You can include other features and spell like it's, silent image and stuff like that as well. It's like 5.5 times 2 because really that 6th guy is only there to kind of take a hit for you. <laughs> well, that's what they're all there for, right? Yeah. So Try I, to take a hit for you. So I guess 12 and no, 13. You'll need 12. So, you'll need so much minis on that map. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What you'll have to do is you'll have to get, uh, just get a 3D printer and just, just start, start printing, printing them, them all. <laughs> this is red me. This is blue me. This is green me. <laughs> I think it's a lot of fun. What do you guys think about this? This could be hilarious. It's be a nightmare for a dungeon master. Oh, absolutely. And like, for the player, he has to think about all this. He's like, uh. Or the reverse. I, the dungeon master uses this. Ew. <laughs> Ew. There wasn't, you know what? There's 12 Zaryos, and you have to fight them all! Oh my gosh. There wasn't, you know what? Screw this, fireball. (laughs) Well, that would definitely uh, do it. Uh, What do you guys think about this tip? Pretty fun? Yes. Pretty good time. Got it. it. Yeah. All right. That'll do it for our player tip of the podcast. Don't Don't be be a dick. dick. And you can avoid dickitude by focusing on those arcane studies and mastering that mass shadow clone technique. (sighs) Believe it. God, Is I that hate copyright? that. I don't know. I don't give a shit. I don't shit. think it matters. <laughs> uh, well, that'll do it for our show today. Uh, uh, yeah. What a fun show today. I had a lot of fun, you guys. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, please join us on our next episode. We'll be discussing Paragon Monsters. Does that mean they're just like extra hardcore monsters it is an article from the angry GM, I think is what I found Ooh, okay. it. Um, and he talks about how to make solo encounters legendary cool now, we have talked a little bit about like uh like action mythic economy. mythic uh mythic encounters and stuff like that so that kind of makes sense might be in the same vein yeah there's something along in this and the reason i want to talk about that i got a lot of reasons why i want to talk about more than just making it something for high level monsters i think you can apply this to weaker monsters too and make them interesting more interesting fair enough and in fact i kind of did it with the monster you guys just kind of yeah saw. you kind so of yeah. gave you a lot of different things to do if you have any feedback on our tips and tricks or topics you would like us to discuss please send them to us you can email them to us at critacademy at gmail.com or find us on twitter at facebook at crit academy we hope you enjoyed your experience here at crit academy if you did you can help others find the show by leaving a Hopefully, five-star review on iTunes or your platform of choice, or you can just send us a message telling us how much you enjoyed the show. And also, be sure to give our content a like and a share. We do appreciate it. We do. Yeah. I love it. Make sure to subscribe to our show at CritAcademy.com and follow us on YouTube at YouTube.com slash C slash CritAcademy. If you do, you'll be entered to win uh, cool prizes each and every single week. Oh, so yeah. make sure to also check out our fellowship members. If you have not checked out Gabe and Jeff's Inner Party Conflict, my favorite personal podcast, um, those guys are awesome. They crack me up, and they're just so much fun. Make sure you mm-hmm. check them out. Um, also check out some of the other Crit Nation members. Yeah. I have to give a huge shout-out once again to Laura Smith and Jeff Stevens. Check out their content. They have a lot of free content, just enough to tickle your dice to make you want more. So then maybe consider checking out some of their other stuff. That'll do it for our show today, you guys. Oh, yeah. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Keep your blades sharp and spells prepared, heroes. 